failing to understand the customer's needs and wants in order to respond appropriately might sometimes mean a business is acting like the frog that gets boiled to death when it's sitting in a pan of cold water that's gradually heated up. That same frog would have leapt out if you had put it into a pan of boiling water. Hello and welcome to Brandtuned, the show for entrepreneurs where we discuss personal and business brands to give you ideas and inspiration to stand out, win business and be heard in a noisy world. I'm Shireen Smith, lawyer, author and curious business owner keen to uncover what moves the needle in branding. Topics I explore include how the brand impacts your success, how to design a brand that has legally distinctive visual elements and works so you reach success and have more time or more money or less stress. I also explore the role of intellectual property and brand protection and monetizing your brand using franchising or licensing. Subscribe to find out more. Asking yourself the question, what business am I really in, is well worth doing periodically. The answer might just help you to discover hidden opportunities or an angle for business development that you otherwise wouldn't have even considered. Take cinemas as an example. When I was a child, I remember outings to the cinema would often start off with a visit to the shops to buy nibbles and sweets. We'd then walk over to the cinema, buy our tickets and go into the auditorium to watch the film while munching away on the foods we'd bought in. Fast forward to today, when a visit to the cinema is an altogether different experience. What's happened? Well, somewhere along the line, cinemas began to look at their business in a different way. They asked themselves this question of what business they're really in. And instead of defining it as the film viewing business, they realize there is much in the food and beverage business as they are in the film business. When they regarded themselves as being purely about film watching, that was pretty much all you got when you went to the cinema. Perhaps a lady with a tray around her shoulders would sell an ice cream during the interval, but that was about it. Now that cinemas have understood that they're also in the hospitality industry, every cinema invariably serves up an array of foods and drinks for customers to purchase before they go into the cinema. It's no longer necessary to visit other shops to buy foods before a trip to the cinema. Indeed, some cinemas that I'm aware of, such as the Screen on the Green in Islington or Kino Theatre in St. Leonard's-on-Sea at Hastings, have gone even further they've transformed the experience inside the cinema too. There's a bar area as you enter the auditorium and instead of the traditional rows of uncomfortable seats, 
you get roomy armchair type seating and even little tables or holders between the armchairs for your drinks. The experience is more like a bar restaurant. By enhancing the customer experience inside the cinema and carefully choosing the food and beverages to serve up, these cinemas have created revenue streams that did not previously exist and in fact far exceed the amount they receive from ticket sales. Now the classic example that's given when people are talking about this topic of what business are you really in is the railroads. When Ford invented the car, the railroads saw themselves as being in the railway business, so they didn't respond or react. Had they perceived themselves as being in the transportation business, they might have dealt with the competition that cars presented in totally different ways. Perhaps they may have purchased some or all of the cars Ford had produced and become a major player in the emerging automotive industry. Clearly, it makes sense to ask yourself the question, what business am I really in? This is the way to ensure you adapt to the changing world and stay relevant to what customers are really wanting when they buy your products and services. The businesses that best understand the customer and create solutions that the customer wants to buy are the ones that ultimately win. Failing to understand the customer's needs and wants in order to respond appropriately might sometimes mean a business is acting like the frog that gets boiled to death when it's sitting in a pan of cold water that's gradually heated up. That same frog would have leapt out if you had put it into a pan of boiling water. Asking ourselves the question, what business am I really in, is not just something that's nice to do in order to identify business development opportunities. It's actually critical to avoiding business failure. Take Kodak as an example. Kodak is a cautionary tale that illustrates why it's imperative to stay relevant to customers. Had that company asked itself this question, it might have discovered that it was not just in the film business, but in something like the memory preservation business too. By defining themselves and their role in this wider way, they would have undoubtedly reacted more appropriately to the changing technological landscape that digital cameras presented. Kodak did not fail because it missed the digital age. It actually invented the first digital camera in 1975. However, instead of marketing the new technology, the company held back for fear of hurting its lucrative film business, even after digital products were reshaping the market. Had they been more focused on helping customers achieve what they wanted to do, namely to preserve their memories, they would have created different products and solutions instead of continuing to push film products. However, Kodak 
didn't change with the times and didn't effectively meet the digital challenges that its business was facing. So the business fell by the wayside and became irrelevant to customers. I see a potentially worrying parallel for many law business, such as my own intellectual property law firm, unless we adapt to the changing market needs and provide the solutions customers want. When I ask myself the question, what business am I really in? I actually realize that my business of intellectual property protection is as much in the branding business as it is in the intellectual property protection business. Clients are trying to succeed in business. That's why they need to get a brand, create an identity and protect their intellectual property. What if we help them to create and build an irresistible brand that's legally protected and makes them more money? That really fired me up and inspired me. Customers face real problems attaining a brand that's legally protected and makes them more money because they often don't know who to turn to to achieve that goal. There are various disparate provisions out there, services for personal branding or brand identity creation, social media and marketing support and so on. However, rarely are these providers offering a joined up service that's mindful of the brand the client is aiming to build. Rarely is intellectual property consideration dealt with side by side with branding services, yet IP shouldn't be an afterthought. Choosing the right name, domain name, social media handles are all part and parcel of branding the business as discussed in my book, Legally Branded, which I wrote seven years ago. Choosing these elements requires intellectual property thinking to run parallel to branding. All too often, when we're asked to help people to protect their IP, we find that the client doesn't own the copyright to their logo or has an indistinctive name which isn't capable of protection as a word trademark, meaning the client won't be able to fend off copycats. Or we find that the name conflicts with an existing trademark because the name wasn't first cleared before the brand was created. A name can never be perfect for you if it's not legally effective and legally available. Sometimes clients are blissfully unaware of the IP dimension, even when they're rebranding, and they're unaware that a disjointed service can cost them a lot more money and risks giving them a brand that won't give them the liftoff that they're seeking. The intellectual property dimension falls by the wayside because its relevance isn't obvious to clients or actually to the agencies they use. Yet IP is part and parcel of business and plays a huge part in whether the business succeeds ultimately or not. It's intrinsic to the business and its market. Now, once the brand is created, businesses are unsure how to promote themselves. For example, it's not uncommon 
for established businesses to wonder whether the owner of the business should be promoting their personal brand as well as the business brand. Many businesses lack a joined-up digital marketing strategy to support their branding. They don't know how to follow through and communicate on social media in order to build their brands, nor do they know who to turn to and what advice to follow to succeed. It's a noisy world out there. I can guide businesses on their journey to success online. Their needs go far beyond intellectual property protection or the creative branding process. Due weight needs to be given to the intellectual property dimension for sure because that's what enables them to stand out and protect their distinctiveness in the market. IP is relevant whether you're building a business to sell for a big payoff one day or just want to run a successful lifestyle business. It needs to be the first consideration. However, clients need to promote their business to get customers and build their brand online. But then they also need to consider their content strategy for building the brand. Often these services are provided by disparate people and the client doesn't get an overall strategic approach to their brand building. I realise that I'm well placed to deliver the more joined up holistic service that customers need because I've been through a few branding exercises myself and identified what's done well and not so well by people offering branding services. I can save my clients a lot of time and money to ensure they build an irresistible brand that's protected and that they don't need to spend a fortune obtaining. Over the years, I've developed an intimate understanding of branding, brand building, marketing and business development using the internet and social media. I know through my own hard experience of trial and error, what works and what doesn't work. It's a no-brainer, therefore, that I should help my clients on their business journey by offering them brand management services. I know what it takes to succeed and what's required from branding at every stage of the business journey. The service provider that's right for startups will be quite different to the one I'd suggest for someone who's already built a business and is rebranding. I have a plan to guide customers to succeed. We're creating products and services to give them a parallel to the sort of attention big consumer brands with a dedicated brand manager would receive. Smaller businesses lack the insights into brand management, so don't get the best from their branding spend. They often don't know what brand even means and when it needs to tie into intellectual property. By helping them to think strategically about their brand and intellectual property needs, we will help them to find the right suppliers and brief them properly when necessary. It's so important that business owners avoid the disastrous mistakes that can otherwise scupper their chances in business and even result in business failure. 
whether we deal with their branding ourselves using our trusted partners or support them to use their own desired suppliers more effectively, there's a lot that Asrites can offer to guide clients to succeed in their businesses. In conclusion, it makes complete sense for us to offer products and services related to intellectual property to support clients to get a helicopter view of their business, build effective brands, and have a more joined up approach to marketing and branding. Whatever the size of business, we will have offerings that go beyond intellectual property protection to help clients start, grow or exit. Every business, including lawyers in other disciplines, need to think about how to better meet their customers' needs to survive and thrive. The final session of my series of webinars on branding driving the brand strategy is happening on the 2nd of September. If you've been reinventing your business and are focusing on design and promotion, you'll want to attend this. It's the final opportunity to sign up and get access to the previous sessions of my series of webinars too. They covered IP, identifying your market and brand naming. Just go to brandtuned.com and find your way to the sign-up page from the home page. I would love to know who is listening to this podcast, so send me a message on LinkedIn and let me know if you're a listener from the podcast. I'd love to connect. In the next episode of the podcast, I'll be discussing how to set your brand strategy. This is something important to deal with, whether you're a new business or an existing one. Your strategy may develop as your business grows and develops, so it's worth stocktaking every so often. Find out how to do it. Tune in to the next episode. <music>